Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in church, isn't it? This is a good-looking congregation. Wow. I want to talk to you this morning on why you should join this church. That's the title of my message. I'm going to give you five reasons why you should join this church, and the last one will be the best one. The last one will be the most convincing, so if you leave early, you'll miss it. Here's the first reason you should join this church. Because this is a perfect church with a perfect pastor, (laughs) filled with perfect people who never make any mistakes. Raise your hands if you believe that. (laughs) By the way, if you ever do find the perfect church, please don't join it. Because you'll mess it up. I've been around you long enough, I know you'd mess it up bad. (laughs) Not trying to insult you, I'm just telling you the truth. Ah. River of Life is not a perfect church. But you should join this church... Because we worship a perfect Savior. The Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. His name is Jesus. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And He's never once made a mistake. He's never failed. He was, He is, and He always will be the spotless, sinless, pure, holy, unblemished Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That's a good reason to join any church, isn't it? Because they're going after the Lord. One, one translation of the Bible says He was the unblemished sacrifice for our sins. I read a poem this past week that I never read before. And it reminded me of River of Life. It goes like this. I think I shall never see a church that's all it ought to be. A church whose members never stray beyond the straight and narrow way. A church that has no empty pews and the preacher never has the blues. A church whose deacons always deek and none is proud and all are meek. And gossipers never peddle lies or make complaints or criticize. And all are always sweet and kind and all to others' faults are blind. Such perfect churches there may be, but none of them are known to me. So I'll work and pray and plan to make this church the best I can. See, that reminds me of this church. We know we're not perfect, but boy, we are working at it, aren't we? We're trying to make this church the best we can for the glory of God. Just remember this, no perfect churches, just a perfect Savior. The eyes of this church, if you're even thinking about joining this church, you need to know something. The eyes of this church are not on the people who attend. 
Now, don't get me wrong. We love each other. And we care about each other. And we try to help each other. And we try to minister to each other. Sometimes we fail miserably, but we do try. But I want you to understand, that is not the objective of this church, and that's not the focus of this church. The focus of this church is Jesus. Our eyes are on Him. And according to the Bible, that's where our eyes should be. Listen to these words found in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Have you ever thought about that for a moment? We're to be looking at Jesus. Why do we look at Jesus? Because He's the author and finisher. That means He wrote the book. And that means He's the one who will help us all the way to the finish line. He finished the work on Calvary and now He'll walk with us and take us all the way to the finish line. You should join this church because we have no pretense of self-righteousness. But we are confident that we have found the one and only Savior of the world. And our eyes are on Him. And this we know. We know that He will never, ever fail us, or forsake us, or forget us. That's what the Bible says. Now, the reason I'm sharing this with you is because every now and then someone joins this church. And I can just tell by the way I by talking to them and the way they talk to me, that they think we're perfect. I'm serious. They, they look at you guys and they think you're perfect. That is until they get to know you. <laughs> and they think I'm perfect. I've actually had people come up to me. Boy, they're new in the church. They're excited. And they say, you're, you're, the, you're the greatest preacher I've ever heard. I don't care if it's the truth or not. I enjoy hearing it. You're the greatest preacher. You're the greatest man of God I've ever been around. I've even had people say, you are such a holy man of God. And I'm thinking, I hope they never talk to my wife because she just might, she might tell them the truth. But you see, there are people who join this church and sometimes they come in thinking that we're better than we are. And the fact is, we need to tell them right up front that we are needy, broken, desperate people just like them. The only difference is we have found the answer for life itself and we're following the Lord Jesus Christ. This church is a church filled with failures who are following the one who has never failed. And He is gloriously changing our lives. We're not perfect. We still have many flaws. But things are getting better and He's changing our lives. And we love what He's doing and we are confident He will see us through to the very end. I just want you to understand the attitude that we have around here. Here's the second reason you should join this church. This church is not trying to win the approval of the world. And we are certainly not trying to be politically correct. My goodness. Here's what we want. We want 
to please God. We want His approval, not the approval of the world. We want to please God. And we want to be biblically correct, not politically correct. Here's a scripture for you. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10 says, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be what? That's our aim. That's our goal. That's what we want. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. You see, friends, this is what we know. This is what this church knows. And this is what every church should know. And the ministry of every church should be driven by this. We know that one day we will all stand before the judge of all creation. We know one day we will all have to give an account. And we know that pleasing Him is a million times more important than pleasing the world around us. It's not that we don't care about what people think. It's just that we know pleasing Him is so much more important. Recently, I was attacked on Facebook. (laughs) Don't you love Facebook? That was pitiful, but I'm glad you don't. I was attacked on Facebook and accused of being an unloving Christian. I was accused of being an unloving pastor because I didn't conform to the new world standard of moral nihilism or moral relativity. Now, you may not have ever heard those terms, but I can tell you that's what's unfolding in our society around us. And it's what's being taught in the schools and universities across America today. And society is embracing this moral nihilism, this moral relativity. Let me share with you. Moral nihilism is this, is the view that within ethics, nothing is inherently moral or immoral. Nothing in and of itself is either moral or immoral. Moral relativity is the view that morality is relative to the situation and changes depending on the situation. Meaning there's no such thing as absolute truth or morality. I, I read a, a letter that a father wrote complaining about something his son was being taught in school. This is, this is what he wrote. He said, my son's high school English teacher wanted, uh, wanted her students to say that child slavery in Ghana is morally permissible. The unstated premise being that there are no absolute moral principles that apply to all cultures at all times and all places. Now friends, that kind of stuff is being taught. You understand, in Wakala County it would be wrong to have child slavery, because that's not the way we think. But in Ghana, it would be morally acceptable because that's the way they think. You see, the new morality in the world today, if you can call it morality at all, is dependent upon the way you think, the way a society thinks. If you think it's okay, it's okay. If you want it to be okay, it's okay. 
But how you think and how society thinks determines that. Friends, I want to tell you, if that's the truth, America is in more trouble than we are even aware of. I mean, that is, that is just horrible. And if you don't think that kind of thinking will, will lead to social insanity, I need to tell you about a conversation I had right here in this county. It was in a restaurant. I was trying to witness to a man. Four or five people were seated around and heard this conversation. And I was trying to convince him that he needed to be forgiven. He, he needed the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse him and to wash his heart clean. But it didn't take me long in this conversation before I realized that the man I was talking to didn't even believe in the concept of sin. So how do you deal with somebody who doesn't even believe in the concept of sin? And so I decided I'd try to shock him. And I said to him right in front of all these people seated at the table, I said, well, let me ask you a question. What if your wife or your daughter or your sister were to be raped? Would that be a sin? And this man kind of looked at me and he said, no, I don't don't think so. He said, don't get me wrong. I don't approve of it. I don't think it's good. I, I think it would be bad judgment but I don't think you could call it a sin. Now, how would you respond in that situation? I don't know what to say. I mean, I am blank until the Holy Spirit dropped something into my heart. And this is what I said to him. I said, I have another question for you. What if there's a big, beautiful oak tree in Wakulla County and someone were to cut that oak tree down? Would that be a sin? I am not joking. He perks up a little bit. And he says, now yes, I think that could fit in the category of sin. So somebody could rape a family member, but that would not be sin. But if somebody cut an oak tree down, that would be sin. Now by the way, I do not advocate cutting down big, beautiful oak trees. (laughs) Don't go out of here and say that. I'm just trying to drive home a point. I'm telling you, that kind of thinking is permeating our society. Society has gone crazy. Society is calling good evil and evil good. The world's upside down. People, the way people are thinking is insane. And I'm just saying, you should join this church because we think all that kind of thinking is hogwash. I mean, that stupidity run amok, as the old-timers used to say. We are not at this church. And I have the support of a staff and, a, and some of the most wonderful spiritual leaders in all the world right here in this church. We are not buying into the collective pool of ignorance that seems to be taking over our society. We are not going there. Lonnie, is that your Bible? Hand it to me, please. Man, I love that cover. It's got a cross on it. This Bible is filled with absolute truth. This Bible is filled 
with absolute morality. And society can't change it. Generations can't change it. It is unchanging. And we believe it. We believe this book. And you should know that if you want to join this church. And we're inviting you to join this church. The world may call us old-fashioned. The world may call us fools. The world may call us uh, fanatics. But we want God to call us faithful. That's what we want. We want to stand before Him one day and hear our God say, as imperfect as we were, we want to hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the kingdom of your Lord. Well, that's two reasons you should join this church. Number three even gets better. This church is filled with givers. People who give and share and care about other people who have generous hearts. Last week was a perfect example. I needed to give you a report on this. We took up a little love offering and $1,400 was given in that love offering. We had six people in the congregation who needed a job. We called those six people forward and we took that money and gave it to those six people. And they walked out of here with that money in their hands. And then we prayed for them. We actually prayed for them before then that they would get a job. That God would give them a job. I'm pleased to report to you that two of them already have jobs. And and I'm believing that the other four will have jobs. And we're going to keep praying. But we're a family. We give. We share. Uh, Listen to Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burdens... And so fulfill the law of Christ. You see, this is His law. This is His rule. This is His standard. If you're going to be in His family, that means you take on the responsibility of helping the whole family. That's the way the kingdom family works. Sometimes you help them, sometimes they help you. But we bear one another's burdens. That's what God wants us to do. Some of you will remember this old song uh, by the Gaithers. I think it just really uh, hits the nail on the head. Here it is. Listen to this. You will notice we say brother and sister round here. It's because we're a family and these folks are so near. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in each victory in this family so dear. I love this verse. From the door of an orphanage to the house of the king, no longer an outcast, a new song I sing. From rags unto riches, from the weak to the strong, I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God I belong. Isn't that good? I want you to read, I, I want you to read this last part with me. Here we go. Read it with me. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod. For I'm a part of the family, the family of God. Oh, see, this is a family. And I want to tell you, I've pastored a number of churches, 
And this church is a family. Not perfect. We have a lot of flaws and a lot of mistakes, but this is a family, and we care about one another. One of the reasons you should join this church is because this church is filled with givers. But by the way, this giving is not just to one another. This church is filled with givers who give because they love and believe in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they give to a worldwide ministry. This church is filled with people who want to be a part of something bigger than River of Life. Something bigger than themselves. They want to give. And for that reason, this church is filled with, listen, tithers. Tithers. People who give 10% of everything they make to the Lord. My wife and I give 10% of everything we make to the Lord. We've done this from the day we got married 48 years ago. Every paycheck, 10% goes to the Lord. Listen to this. Every member of my staff here at River of Life gives 10% of their income to the Lord. Every member of the board at River of Life gives 10% to the work of the ministry. But it doesn't stop there. This church is filled with people who give 10% of everything they make to the Lord. Now, why in the world would we do something so radical? You know why? Because the Bible tells us to. You can read all about it in Malachi, the third chapter, but God says do it. And not only does He say do it, God gives us this amazing promise if we do it. He says if you'll bring 10% of your increase to me and to the house of the Lord and you'll give it, He says I'll open the windows of heaven above you. And and I'll pour out blessings on you. And I'll bless you. And, And man, have we found that to be true in this church. Man, God is just blessing. Just a few weeks ago, we had a man uh, step in this pulpit and he said, I decided I'd start tithing. I've heard you talk about tithing. I decided to start tithing. He said, I started tithing. Next week, my boss comes in and says, he said he thought he was going to fire him. But he said, my boss came in and said, I'm going to give you a raise. Do you know what that's all about? That's a window. That's a window where the blessings of God are flowing down. And we've seen it in this church. We just finished building a $1.2 million children's worship center and we never had to borrow one penny. Do you know why? Because there's a window that's open above this church. Because God has promised that if you'll bring the tithes into the storehouse, I'll open a window up. Now, you should join this church because we have tithers in this church. Now you say, Pastor, why should that convince me? Well, I need to tell you a story. It's a true story. It's about two men right here in Wakulla County. One of them attends this church from time to time. He's not a member here, but he attends, and he tells the story. Uh, one was a, a dedicated Christian, and the other one was a worldly, unsaved man. But there was a given Sunday, they were in church together, And they were seated in the back of the church and they were talking. And so the story goes like this. Now, mind you, this happened right here in Wakala County in another church. The church was having financial problems. Obviously, that's what the subject was and the preacher was talking about that. 
the worldly man said to the dedicated Christian man, I don't understand why this church is struggling financially. You see, he knew there was at least three known millionaires in the church. And a lot of others who were very well off financially. And then he said, the worldly man says to the dedicated man, listen up now. And then he said, you know, I am a hunter. I love to hunt. I always make sure I have transportation. I always make sure I have a gun, shells, a license, and a place to hunt. He said, I love to hunt. And then he said, you also know that I love to drink. He said, I keep a fifth of liquor under the seat of my truck. And he said, and I keep another fifth of liquor on the seat of my truck. And he said, I drink out of that fifth of liquor that's on the seat. And he said, when I take the last swallow of that fifth that's on the seat, he said, I reach under my seat and I pull out the other fifth of liquor and I put it on the seat. And that's my cue to stop by the nearest liquor store and get me another bottle and put it under the seat. He said, that way... I never run out. Then the worldly man said to the Christian man, it has always been my experience that a man will pay for and support what he loves and believes in. Do you hear this? Here's a worldly man that says, I don't understand it. I pay for and I support what I love. I don't understand why these church people don't pay for and support what they say they love. What an insult to a congregation. I'm just going to tell you, if I were to attend a church and they were having car washes and, and raffles and spaghetti suppers and fundraisers and they were selling things, to raise money to support the church. I wouldn't join that church. Do you know why? Because the people who attend that church don't even love that church. Because people support what they love. It's not just a biblical principle. It's human nature. If a man loves liquor, he'll support what he loves. Right? If a man loves drugs, he'll support what he loves. If a man loves fishing and hunting, he'll support what he loves. If a man loves golf, he'll support what he loves. I threw that one in there because I spend entirely too much money on golf. But it's because I love it. What am I saying to you if you're thinking about joining this church? And that is you should join this church... Because this church, among all the mistakes and flaws and weaknesses we have, this church is filled with people who are real and genuine. They are not phonies. They are not fakes. They love God. They love the Word. They love the church. And they love the ministry. And they support what they love. I mean, really, doesn't it make sense? 
Doesn't it make sense? Before you join any group of people, shouldn't you want to know that they're really committed to what they say they're committed to? Amen. The fourth reason you should join this church is we have a vision. Did you know that the Bible says without a vision, we perish? I don't care if that's your individual life, your family, this church, or business. You have to have a vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And I want you to know this church has a vision. We've always had a vision. This dome in the center of the county, housing an interracial, interdenominational, spirit-filled church, reaching as many people as we possibly can with the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that's what brought us here. And, and, and that's, that's been our vision from the beginning. But did you know that we have a brand new vision? And listen to this, I, and maybe I shouldn't say that, because we're not abandoning that original vision, but God's given us something to take us a little higher. And, and before I tell you what it is, I want you to look at a picture. Would you look at this picture? Have you ever seen that before? Raise your hand if you've seen that before. Hold your hand up. Just hold your hand up if you've seen that before. All right, put your hands down. Can I tell you that since June the 2nd, every service we've had in this dome, we've flashed that picture up there. That picture's been going up every Sunday. By the way, we just put that picture up about 15, 20 minutes ago. You need to start paying attention. That picture is a picture of our new vision. Let me explain it to you. We'll change the slide just a little bit. Here it is. It's coming. There we go. The ship is river of life. The journey, the destination is journey 600. The winds that will get us to that desired destination are these, outreach, discipleship, and multiplication. We're on the move. And, and, and here, now you're going to hear a lot more about that in the future, but I just wanted you to see that. And you're going to see this, you're going to see this picture over and over again. But here's what I want to tell you. By the way, you can take it down now. That's our, that's where we're going, journey 600. And, uh, the moment we hit 600, we, we've been running right at 500 now for a long time. The moment we hit 600, we're going to change that vision. It's going to be journey 700. And then the moment we hit 700, it's going to be journey 800. And then it's going to be journey 900. And then it's going to be journey 1,000. And when we get that big, we need to get a real preacher. <laughs> hey, hey, listen to this. Every now and then, uh, somebody will, will say to me, they'll say, you know, I just don't like being in big churches. And for Walker County, this is a pretty big church. I've had people say, I just don't like, I don't like churches of 500 people. Or, or I, don't, I don't like churches that are 600 people or 1,000. You've got to be joking me. I don't know that I'd like that. Well, I wrote something out that I hope will change your mind. Listen to this. If you're thinking, I don't want to be in a church with a thousand people, 
then let me correct you. Yes, you do. If it means your son or daughter not going to hell and spending eternity with you in heaven. If it means reaching your parents with the good news of Jesus Christ. If it means your unsaved husband or unsaved wife comes into the family and becomes one of those 1,000. If you want to see God doing glorious and miraculous things, if you are tired of business as usual, if you really care about people, then trust me, you do want to be in a church that's experiencing multiplication, 600, 700, 1,000 and more. What you don't want is this. You do not want to be in a church that's no longer reaching people and growing. You don't. Listen to the words of Jesus. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And then in John 20.21, As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. You see, church, we're in the salvation business, aren't we? The Father sent Jesus to save the lost. And He said, As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. We're in the salvation business. We're in the people-reaching business to reach them with the good news of Jesus Christ. And honestly, in the shape the world is in right now, this is urgent. We need to reach as many people as we can as soon as we can. One of the reasons you should join this church is to help us reach Wakala County with the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. Every time a committed person joins the church, we just get a little stronger. The influence gets a little broader. And God begins to use it. Now that brings me to my last point. <clears throat> this is the best one. This is the most convincing one. And here it is. The Holy Spirit is leading you to join. That's it. I can't add to that. You see, all through the Bible, the Bible tells us to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And I can give you all kinds of reasons why you should join this church and why I think you should join this church, but the ultimate decision has to be yours because you believe the Holy Spirit is leading you to join this church. Now, with everything I've said, if the Holy Spirit leads you to join a church down the road, then Leave here early, get there, and walk down the aisle before they close. And join that church. And then give it everything you've got. But if the Holy Spirit has brought you to this church, and you're here in this church, then we need your help. If He wants you to join, then God wants you to be a part of something bigger than yourself. He wants you to help this church on a divine kingdom mission. Join the church and get involved. There's a little poem that I've quoted for years. And I, I know some of you know this better than I do because you've heard me quote it so many times. But I want to share it with you. All I have is just a minute. Only 60 seconds in it. Forced upon me, can't refuse it, didn't seek it, didn't choose it. But it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it. Give an account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute. But eternity is in it. You see, for every one of us here today, God's given us a precious moment in time. And He wants us to use it wisely. I'm encouraging you to find out where God wants you. Get on board and go to work and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Something that will last for all 
of eternity. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.